just according to our performances the capacity to receive comes with so much grace because you know for sure that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory he shall supply you speak upon it you are identified by the blood of Jesus the blood that was shed at the cross in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace he became that sin offering so what are you still talking about sin 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 that is a wrong doctrine by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified he has perfected you you have no sin once christ is the central focus of who you are and your life your identity changes your mindsets change your thinking you're living because now you're believing right you're living right through him wake up and unwind your day Réveillez-vous et commencez votre journée avec Biyoka On a heart for a soul Your word is truth It sanctifies a soul with your truth Your word is truth For a soul, a heart for a soul The light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul Yeah! Jesus Christ, way truth and the life for our souls paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice. What a love! While we get sin for death, we were destined. He stepped in as water and as blood was the cleansing laws. We were found where sin abounds, grace abounds. What a passion, a piece of passion, all understanding where God's love is present, all condemnation is past in. For a soul, a heart for a soul, the light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold. Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole. Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul. Father, in the name of the mighty name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for yet another day that you have given us. I want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your blessing, for the outpouring of your love. I want to thank you that this is the day that you have made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it because you are God, you're faithful. In you there's fullness of joy, in you there is shalom peace, in you there is rest in the fulfillment and the finished work at the cross in your son Jesus Christ. In you there is eternal life, in you there is eternal inheritance, in you there is eternal resurrection. We thank you, we thank you so much for this gift of salvation, for the gift of righteousness. We thank you that this day and this week we're walking the newness of, of power, the newness of Jesus Christ. We thank you that this life that we live is not ours anymore, but it's for you, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Almighty, and we bless the name that is above every other name, and that name is Jesus. For Jesus Christ is the Lord and the Savior of our lives. Hallelujah. So saints, I want us to open our Bibles in the book of Jeremiah 29. Today we're going to be reading from that book. And I pray that all of you, as you know, you're listening in today, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you above anything 
one thing you must put into your mind and your consciousness is that God the Father loves you through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the cross remind you of that love. Let the cross of Jesus Christ bring you to that place where you realize that God loves you so much. Amen. And let us not forget that. That is something I've come to realize that many, many, many of us as believers, many people walking in this world, they don't know that God loves them. They may be tongue-speaking believers. They may be people on fire for Christ. But one thing is that some people don't know. They don't know that. And the thing is this, the enemy, as long as he knows that you don't know that you're loved, he can do anything to distract you, to lie to you. And we believe that God loves us. Say that right now to yourself. Speak it. Just you, you say it. Believe it. Not just saying it with your mouth because they're two different things. Just saying it. But then there's also believing it and meditating in it. Hallelujah. So we bless God that he's given us that revelation to always ponder on, to always hold on to it and believe that our lives will never, ever, ever be the same again. Amen. So I want all of you to open your Bibles in Jeremiah 29, 11. Hallelujah. Let us bless the name of the Lord. Let us thank God for he has given us this day and we are going to rejoice in him. Uh, before I actually start preaching, I want to remind all of you that we do have an app. I pray that many of you, you can take a time and download the app. If you do have an Apple phone, uh, which is iPhone per se, kindly download that app because it's going to help you. We have so much resource, like resource that is going to be good for you, for you to feed on daily so you can grow in the excellence of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. And then also like when you're listening to the sermons, because many of the sermons in this ministry are also on that platform or on that tool, we have something that is on our app whereby you can take notes. I really truly believe that when you're listening to the word of God, it is important to write down some of, you know, the scriptures, go back and read them during your own time. And then we do have Google also. For those who have Android phones, can go to Google and download the app. And that app is really going to help you by the grace of God. Amen. And actually, as we move forward in this year, many things we're going to be, you know, putting them on that app. So it would be very, very good for you to download it so you can be able to access many, 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 many of the resources. So let us open our Bibles. I hope by now all of you have opened up your Bibles or you have gone onto the app for the app Bible. So the word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. So the word reads that, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Someone say amen. So last year was one of the most unforeseen and 
unprecedented circumstances that the world has ever experienced in the history of the world. I truly do believe that many of us learned something significant, whether it was positive or negative from last year's circumstances, many, many, many of us learned something. And as we learned something, we came to realize that many life choices and decisions had to change based on what we all experienced or what we saw with our eyes or what happened around the world during the COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. You know, in the midst of the pandemic, there was actually a word that was used so, so, so much. And that word was uncertain times. Did many of you hear of that word? I truly do believe that many, many, many of you had the word. So that word was mainly used, let's say, in news, people writing blogs, people writing different issues about this very circumstance everyone went through during that time. But a big question, what I really want to ask today is that what does this word mean for you as a believer? The word that they were saying around the world, uncertain times, uncertain times. And today I really want to speak from a Christian perspective, from a Christian lens. I want to speak from, from a place where the scriptures speak of that very issue or word per se. So I really need to ask you a very, very important question. What does the scripture say about this very concept of uncertainty? What does it say? Is it a natural or biblical mindset when one is in a state of uncertainty? Because many times people can hear a word and it becomes too common to their ears, common to their mindsets, common to their subconsciousness. And sometimes they don't know that the words they hear, the word they use, or they casually speak, it shouldn't be something that they should incorporate in their vocabulary. You know, as believers, we must ask ourselves always, what does the word of God say about this very word, this very aspect, or this very thing in the scriptures? What does the word of God say about the circumstance, right? So that should always be our mind. That should be the mind that we must carry. Today, we live in a world that information has become actually a medium of exchange. Information has become the, the new currency in the world. And I want you to clearly hear me. I'm saying in the world. I don't mean to talk about the side of Christianity, but in the world today, information has become very, very important in a way that someone can write something on any social media platform and that very thing that they write can impact, let's say, economy, it can impact social, economic, political aspects. Thereafter, you know, they've written that. So information, words have become the new currency of today and it has become a means as to how people achieve things. So it is important that Sometimes the words we hear, the words we use, the words we say, to sit back and ask ourselves, what does this word 
say about salvation? What does this word say about how is it really used in the scriptures? And a lot of times when you go back to the scriptures, you realize that actually that the words that we've had or the words you've incorporated in your vocabulary, they're literally so different from what the scriptures say. So, okay, let me ask a very important question. What does uncertainty mean? You know, in simplicity, it means a state of mind that does not predict the future outcomes. It's a state of mind that leaves one with that imperfect or unknown information about situations. You know, again, taking back to the example of COVID-19 pandemic last year, this was a word that was used so much in a way that they were describing what they didn't know was coming next. Many people were saying they don't know what would come out of the pandemic and everything that happened. But in reality, uncertainty can also be that inability to foretell the consequences of a given circumstance, just like I said, and the situation or life experiences, choices, decisions, and events. So this very mind can come as a result of having that some sort of like limited knowledge of how to overcome significant or how to overcome undesirable experiences in life. And many times life experiences, sometimes things can come in an unexpected way. And that way, one doesn't know what comes ahead, what lies ahead of them, right? Last week, I talked about people looking in the past. But then today, I'm now talking about looking in the future. And again, we as Christians, we must understand that some of these words, when we actually come to define them clearly, you see that what you seek to hear, sometimes it is something you shouldn't be taking into consideration or putting into account or putting into your mind or your subconsciousness. Because if you wake up and someone is telling you the uncertainty times, the uncertain life that you're living in, when you come to know the meaning of that and you know that they're talking about that there is no prediction of the future, of the outcomes of what is going to happen in the world, you must ask yourself that really, is this what the Bible says? Is this what the Bible says for me as a seed of Abraham? Is this what the Bible says to me as a son of God? Does this really work for me? Is, is this speaking to me? And don't take me wrong. That whatever they're saying, you know, uh, using that sort of language of uncertainty times, it can work for someone else, right? It can work for someone who really believes that. But you as a believer... I think to some point we must make sure we kind of draw a line in the sand and decide what information we are going to listen to and what information that does not belong to us. Amen. So the signs of uncertainty, let's say, for instance, for one to know actually that they are walking in this emotional instability and many times even Christians themselves go through this state, but just because it is subtle and based on, again, what I said, because of what you're feeding yourself with, you can't tell the difference between what a real believer should think or live or walk 
or believe and what a non-believer should believe or what they don't. So uncertainty has signs of doubt, you know, it has that sign of doubt, skepticism, suspicious, mistrust towards someone because of lack of unsureness, you know, there's that uncertainty between a person and another person. There's also uncertainty in the experiences of life. There's uncertainty in policies that have been put in place. There's uncertainty in so many different ways or different things. But also, uncertainty can also come as a mistrust between person and another person because someone may lose confidence or trust in that person, right? Uncertainty also can be being unsure of something, like undecided, having that lack of conviction, having that lack of knowledge about the outcome or result of an event. And then also uncertainty can cause, you know, that bad feeling that bad things are going to happen to you. Many believers, sometimes they go through this sort of state and they truly don't know how to go about this very thing. Someone sits there and all they feel or think about, they feel like there's something wrong happening in their lives or there's something that is not going to work out. That sort of feeling, child of God, is not meant for you as a believer. The reason why I say that it is not meant for you is because you as a child of God, remember when I started the sermon, I say you're loved by God. And a lot of times we don't know this. This is an antidote to many, 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 many of the things that we must partake in our lives. As long as you know that you're loved by God, as long as you know that you're loved by God, child of God, listening in today, uncertainty is not a place for you. Many times people actually live in this pit, but they don't know. They don't know because they don't know the real definition of uncertainty. They don't know the details or the substantial explanation or meaning of this very word. We as believers, we can't let the world define how we should live, how we should think. Someone can't be telling you based on, let's say, for instance, and, and don't take me wrong. I'm such a statistic person into professionalism and that sort of life, you know. When it comes to numbers, let's say, for instance, percentages, or when you hear, right, on the news and they're telling you 70% of this did this, got COVID. Some of those things they're speaking based on what they see with their eyes. But you as a child of God, you must ask yourself, am I really going to sit and believe on these numbers and think and base my decisions, my choices, the steps in my life, my direction based on percentages and statistics of people? Because we are just human beings, right? We are human beings, but we have to go back to the fundamental truth. And the fundamental truth is asking ourselves, what does the word of God say about me? What are my promises in the word of God? Biblically, uncertainty. Actually, in the Bible, we find that the examples of uncertainty. In the Bible, we find that actually also it shows that sometimes believers too can go through this very state of mind. 
This is not something you should shun away and say, oh, she's preaching about something. Maybe that is for the people of the world. No, this is something that is going to help you as a child of God understand how you should think, how should you believe, how should you walk in life. Because uncertainty in many believers can be wrapped up and hidden in a state of a subtle unbelief. Remember what I told you about some of the signs of uncertainty. It is doubt. Doubt is part of it. And many times, sometimes you can talk to a brother or sister, right? They love the Lord. They really do pray. They do everything, you know, as based onto the scriptures. But this one very thing, and you find that this dear beloved brother or sister, they don't know about this state of unbelief or the doubtness that can be wrapped up or hidden. Anytime you find yourself, child of God, questioning the scripture, questioning whether really God is going to provide or whether really God is there for you or whether really God loves you, you should sit back. Not that God is going to say, oh, I don't like you anymore just because you thought of me that way. No, sometimes you sit back and evaluate yourself. Ask yourself, why did I come to a point of thinking like this? Why did I think about God not being able to provide for me? Why did I think that God cannot make sure that my children can go back to school? Why do I think that God cannot make my marriage a better marriage and give me new wine in my marriage? You ask yourselves those questions because, child of God, when you ask yourself such questions, you realize at some point that that place of doubt or unbelief, it may not be too profound for you actually to know that you're in uncertainty, but it can be hidden. But those questions can reveal to you that you're walking in a place of uncertainty. Another example, finding yourself in insecurities. That is having a place or being in a mindset of uncertainty. A lot of times, many people compare themselves to other people. You can be a brother or sister. You're comparing your entire life. You're comparing yourself to another brother in your church, another sister in your church, thinking that either you're going to do exactly what they're also doing. That sort of life, child of God, it brings you in that place of uncertainty. It does. It keeps you in a pit of uncertainty. Also complacency. Complacency being a believer who is just, I don't want to use the word comfortable, but you're just like, whatever happens will happen. I'm really not going to believe. I know I'm okay. I'm just going to be like this. I'm going to say something here, child of God. God every day wants us to move, to grow more. The word that you read, the word that you receive, he wants to prosper you. He wants to, you to be successful. Remember in Jeremiah what we read, right? It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future of hope. So if you are living in a state of complacency, it does not really portray the God, the God who is giving you this promise in Jeremiah 29, 11. God wants us to have hope. He wants us to wake up with that that peace in us with that confidence and trust in him, knowing that all things are going to work out for us because we believe in him and our purposes in him. He wants us to wake up knowing that there's something ahead of us, 
something good that is going to happen. He wants us to wake up having that consciousness about his great love, his unending love, his rich mercies, his provision, his source, his giving, his protection, his safety. He wants us to wake up having that sort of mind and thinking. So uncertainty for a believer, this is a very big difference. Now, let me say something. For the world, actually, they can live in it and they say, this is uncertainty. But with a believer, or let me say, for instance, in the church, sometimes we cover it up. We live in doubt or we live in complacency. We live in unbelief. We live in questions or questioning. Let me say that questioning God's provision, questioning God's promises and living in insecurities. But remember, with a believer, it is easily covered up in that you don't see yourself getting out of the pit because you have not taken time to sit and say exactly what is wrong with this. What is wrong with me? Why do I think the way I think? Why do I think God is not going to come out for me in this situation? Why do I think that God is not going to provide? Those questions will unveil that place that is broken, that place that really is walking in unsureness, in skepticism, in suspiciousness, that place where you're walking with a lack of knowledge to know that the outcome of God is going to be the best for you. For the last month or so, last weeks, I've been really teaching about emotional instability because the Lord put it on my heart that many, many, many of us or many believers, we don't know how to see some of these things. And a lot of times we live in environments because what I'm saying when I say live, I mean we live, we're walking in these environments where a lot of times these things are intertwined or amalgamated in the culture of how we do believe. And yet sometimes some of these things are masked, right? Emotional stabilities are masked in a way that we can't actually see them, pinpoint on them and say, this is it. Did you know that in the world, someone who is a non-believer can pinpoint and say, this is depression, can say, this is fear, this is this. But with us, we can look at that very thing and then we tend to cover it up. What I'm trying to say is that we still at that place where we want the external outer pet to be seen as holy, as the most righteous, as the most excellent one in God. And yet inside someone is breaking and yet someone inside is dying. Someone is still in the pit. And if you go back and listen to the sermons that I preached about in the last weeks, you realize what I'm trying to say today. This is not new because when you go actually in the scriptures, you see that every emotional instability, there was a man of God, there was someone in the scriptures, written in the scriptures to show us that even a believer can go through this sort of life or a state or be in this sort of experience of emotional instabilities. But the only thing in this situation with a believer God has given us the answer. He has given us the answer. So let us not, not learn how to deal with this or let us learn to let the Holy Spirit help us as our comforter, take us out of these pits. But let us not allow to mask these 
emotional instabilities. For instance, uncertainty is a very common thing. It is a very common emotional instability that at the end of the day, you find that a believer, because of masking it, on the external appearance, everything seems to be okay. But inside, they're walking in doubt. Inside, they're walking, asking themselves, questioning God, how he is actually going to meet their need or how God is going to do this A, B, C, and D. And so masking that on the outer part, you're saying you're in faith, but inside you're not. And this is where I pray that we become real. We really become real with God. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to God. Stay true to the faith that you're in. Because in reality, between God, the Lord and your Savior, and yourself is where it matters. I was sharing with someone this week, and they were really asking me why this ministry is called a heart for soul. And I told this person, the heart, a heart means a heart for Jesus. It is his heart. It is his heart for each soul. Did you know the child of God, every believer, God met you at your appointed time. He did not meet an entire group. He met you, you personally, you. Dear believer, beloved, or dear listener, he met you. So at the end of the day, believer, or child of God listening in today, son of God, it was between you and him, a relationship between you and him. And that is why every time I'm preaching by the grace of God, I'm preaching to that soul he has sent me to speak to. It is his heart. It is the heart of Jesus Christ that proclaims the gospel. It is the heart of Jesus Christ that heals and delivers any person who is facing anything. It is his heart to that very soul. I'm reminded in the scriptures, right? In John, where Jesus Christ, you know, it is shown that he is the great shepherd. But the scripture says that he went on looking for that one sheep. That one sheep. He left the 99, but he went on looking for that one sheep. So you are special. Dear listener, you are special. That is why I keep saying you're loved. You're so loved by Jesus Christ. So every time you face anything, don't try to mask it. Don't try to be so perfect on the outer part that you forget about your inside part. Because what the Lord wants is your heart. What he wants is for you to be so real to him that he can see through any vulnerability in your life. Someone say amen who has understood that. For instance, I'm, I'm going to give a, a great example in the scriptures. Let us open our Bibles in the book of... First Kings 17, and I'm going to read from 7 to 16. This is a great example, a story about a widow at Zarephath. The scripture reads in First Kings 17, 7 to 16, it says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gates of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. 
And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup and that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel, morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For that says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bean of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So this passage, dear listener, demonstrates a life experience that many people are facing around the world today. Due to COVID-19 pandemic, they don't know where the next meal is coming from, just like the, the widow at Zarephath. They don't know where their paycheck is coming from. They don't know where their rent is coming from, children's tuition coming from. And many people around the world are going through this. But if you're listening in today and you're facing this very, 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 very situation that I've talked about, I want you to listen to me. Give me your ears by the grace of God. Let's dig deeper to see how Events turned around to work for good for this woman who was in a state of uncertainty. Remember, she told the man of God that, let's go back in verse 12, where she says these words. Listen, this is, this is a state of uncertainty, right? As you know, like I mentioned, how the world defines uncertainty and how they say uncertain times. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Do you hear that? And die. So if you notice, this lady was in a state of uncertainty. She wasn't so sure of what her future was because based on what the circumstances she was living in at that moment or the experience she was going through, she knew that she didn't have a future ahead of her. She didn't have hope. But if you notice the Lord in the scriptures, it says that the Lord commanded, the Lord commanded the widow. Let us go back in verses eight. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, meaning it came to prophet Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Listen, these were the words of God. See, 
I have commanded, commanded a widow there to provide for you. So let us go back to what I'm saying. The Lord had commanded this widow by spirit, by the spirit. Before he commanded prophet Elijah, he commanded the widow by spirit. So let me ask, when prophet Elijah met the widow at Zarephath, and asked her for a cup of water, right? And to make him a morsel of bread. Had the widow at Zarephath known that she had food? Did she know? I know as you know, you're listening in, dear listener, you're saying, no, she did not, right? And that is truth. She did not. That response is right. Only that that response is right in the natural, in the natural realm. In the natural realm, she couldn't see the muscle of bread. But in the spirit, she had the muscle of bread. She had it. Someone who has understood this say, Amen. Remember, Prophet Elijah was only a messenger. He was only a messenger to deliver what the Lord had instructed him to say. I said in verse 9, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. God did not speak to this lady directly, but he had spoken to her. If he says, I commanded her, meaning that he had placed it in her spirit. This means that in the spirit, the Lord had already supplied for the widow at Zarephath, though she had not yet seen it in the natural realm. Someone who has understood this say, amen. She had not. So that means that child of God, I pray you listen to me clearly. In the spirit, she had more than she could even ever need. She did. Actually, because she even had, when she made the food, right? For the man of God. The scriptures show that she had to have leftovers. Remember what prophet Elijah said, right? That when you make me, in verse 14, it says, For that says the Lord God of hosts, that is prophet Elijah now talking to her, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So, child of God, meaning that this lady in the spirit, she had even more than she could even ever need. And this, oh, someone, I pray that someone was understood this. You received this in the name of Jesus Christ. She had leftovers. Something that was even more than she could even ever comprehend. More than she could ever need. But she had not yet definitely seen it in her own eyes. Because her mindset was in a mindset of lack. Her mindset was in a mindset of questioning. Her mindset was in a mind of poverty. So this passage reveals to us, my dear listener today, that the grace of God has already supplied for us even before we see it in the natural realm. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says it, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundancy for every good work. This lady had this. She had the sufficiency of God. She even had leftovers to have abundance until when the drought of famine would end. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, 
but our sufficiency is from God. I'm going to say something, child of God, that is very, very significant here. Something that is very significant. The sufficiency for the widow was not from Elijah. It was not from a man of God. It was not from a man who breathes from the nostrils. When you go back in the scriptures, you see the sufficiency was from the Lord God because the Lord God is the one who commanded, commanded Elijah. He commanded the widow. Amen. He commanded the widow before even Elijah got the instruction. So the sufficiency was not from a man. The sufficiency was from God. And which says in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. So you may not see it, child of God, today in your eyes yet, beloved. You may not. Today, you may be in this position just like the widow at Zarephath, looking at the uncertainty, looking at, at preparing the last thing so that, you know, you may not be saying that language of dying, but you may say, I'm about to do this so that I can throw in a towel and I'm done with this so that you give up. But I'm bringing something very, very important, child of God, by the grace of God, to tell you that you only believe that God has already supplied and all your needs in just a matter of time shall manifest. Just like what prophet Elijah told the lady, do not fear. Just go and do as I have told you. Because also him, he was a man on purpose, a man on assignment. He was doing what the Lord had instructed him or commanded him to do. So the Lord God being the sufficiency, he had commanded the lady in spirit and he had commanded Elijah by words. Someone who has understood that say amen. So the economy of God supplies continuously. When you think there is no means for you child of God to receive, right? The heavens are working. The supply is flowing. And as long as in your mind you don't see that supply, then it becomes hard for you to receive that manifestation. But as long as your subconsciousness, your consciousness is seeing the grace supply, the grace supply, child of God, the uncertainty state in your mind is going to become certain. You will say, when you hear that news on television, uncertain times, you say, that does not belong to me. I live in the certainty times because I live in the economy of heaven. Hallelujah. So that meaning the widow had already received. She had already received it all in the spirit. So now that is a typification of a state of certainty, child of God. When we get a hold of this, that means that our future has hope. Just like what prophet Jeremiah said in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And this is exactly what God did for this lady who was in uncertainty. This lady really shows that she was in a pit of uncertainty. For someone to say words like, I am ready to go and die, me and my child, that is someone who has given up. That is someone having a degree of thinking that her life is done, that there is no means to her future. She didn't see a purpose to live for. She did not see her assignment on earth. Anyone who says that, you know what, I'm going to have my last meal and go and do this with my son and die. 
That means that she didn't see any assignment for herself. She did not see an assignment and she didn't see her son's assignment on earth. But I've come to speak to a parent today. You may be going through a hard time. You're not seeing any certainty for your children's tuition, any certainty for your children to go back to school, anything for your family. But I've come to speak to you, men and women of God. God is going to change your situation. God loves you so much. He is going to provide for you, provide for your family. You will even have much more than you want and you will even store for the future. This is how God works. So today many people are walking and living in a mind of uncertainty. Currently, because people are living in hardship, struggles, lack, and some challenges that have defined that place where they are in a pit of uncertainty. But today I've come to remind you, child of God, just like what the widow, the widow did not know. This is the thing. The widow did not know the prophet Elijah was coming to meet her. She did not. Also remember that the Lord had ordered prophet Elijah that he had commanded the widow already. So this means that she did not know. She didn't know she had an assignment coming for her, number one. And number two, she didn't know that she was going to leave for the future. So this is the things, child of God. And I pray that child of God, you receive this. The widow had a state of uncertainty in the natural realm because in the natural world, she was seeing what her eyes was telling her. But for us as believers today under the grace covenant, the grace dispensation, we believe in the supernatural realm. We believe spiritually because we are spirits. Romans 8 tells us so. We don't walk by sight, but we walk in the spirit of God. And actually think about this lady, right? This lady was given an assignment. When the man of God told her to go do what she was going to go do, did you know that this gave her a ministry in her? She started to have a feeding ministry. She started to have a hospitality ministry in her, meaning that now at that point of time when the word of the Lord was spoken to her, right? Purpose came in her life. She acquired an assignment. She knew now she had an urgency to attend to. And this is why it is important that we listen to the word of God. Because once we listen to the word of God, God is giving us instructions through the word of God. We are prompted by his direction. And that is why many of you or many of us today, once we don't hear the word of God, you can't know your purpose. You can't know your assignment. As soon as prophet Elijah made those words, say those words to this lady, this lady received a purpose in life. She knew what was predestined for her. She knew what she was meant to do. And many times the reason why we are at crossroads in life is that we don't seem to see any significance happening in our lives. We don't see the that purpose. In child of God, I want to tell you something. A man or a woman without purpose, without as an assignment, without knowing their assignment in life, that is a place of uncertainty. It is a place where you don't know what you're meant to do, where you feel like you're lost. You can even be in a place where people see like you're fine on the outer part, you're so okay. But anyone who is walking on the face of earth, without feeling any assignment in them, they live in a place of uncertainty. But the word of God changed this lady's life. 
the word that came from the Lord, it changed this lady's life. Amen. Many of you may not know who you are anymore. You may not see yourself acquiring or achieving your dreams. You may not know what you're supposed to do. And I truly do believe as you're listening in today, you once had dreams. Those dreams that kept you in the middle of the night where you became so excited, where you wrote down, you know, dreams in your diaries and wrote them somewhere. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to believe for. I pray, child of God, as you saw that picture in that vision, as you wrote down those dreams, right? In Habakkuk, it tells us to write down our visions and the Lord will make them come to pass. And also in Psalms, it tells us that we ponder on that imagination and the Lord establishes it. So don't lose sight. Today, I've come to remind you that you don't let go of that dream. Don't let go of the promise God poured in your heart. Don't let someone or something steal that away from you. Hold on to what God told you. Hold on to the instruction that God gave you. You may not see it today. It may not have manifested today, but believe unto the Lord. For it is only the Lord who can restore your life. It is only unto the Lord who can give you that purpose in life. And this I speak by the grace of God. It is only, only, only the Lord Jesus Christ that can send an instruction. It can be through a sermon. It can be through a book. It can be through the Bible as you're reading the scriptures. And he pours that purpose and assignment in your life and uncertainty will die. God has given us a life to live for child of God. This fullness of joy in his life, this hope of glory in his life, this positive believing and thinking and expectation. The widow did not think that she mattered anymore and her son, she was ready to go and die. But for someone to say that they are preparing to eat their last meal, this is someone who was in a pit of uncertainty. I love the fact that prophet Elijah actually ministered to her instantly when she mentioned those words that she was going to die with her son. I love that he mentioned something that was very important. When we go back to verses 13, you realize that prophet Elijah said these words in verses 13 to 14. He says it, and Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For that says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So child of God, do you notice after he said these words to her, she instantly Instantly, the widow acquired purpose and knew what she was meant to do in life. At that point in her life, the spirit of uncertainty was broken off her. The scripture states these very words that so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. That shows that she received an assignment. She received responsibility. She received a means of living, she knew now her life mattered. She knew she was going to be a blessing in someone's life. She knew she had something going on for her. Amen? So this means the child of God, listen, listen, I'm about to say something important. 
The instruction the Lord gave prophet Elijah was to deliver to the widow. And upon receiving the words from the Lord to Elijah as a messenger, the widow's life was delivered from the pit of uncertainty about her future, about the poverty state she was in, about her suicidal thoughts. Because for someone to say she's going to die, that means that she was going to commit suicide. She was going to forcefully take her life away. But child of God, in this passage, what is revealed is that the word of God is the answer to the deliverance from the pit of uncertainty. Remember, I told you the words we hear, they can create the world we live in. They can create doubt. They can create questions. They can define your life and form it or mold it or create it or shape it in a way that is not of the word of God. But the word of God is going to shape your life, mold your life, direct your life, establish your life, root your life in the direction, the will of God for your life. So the word of God is the answer, child of God, to deliverance. Deliverance from uncertainty is from listening and listening and hearing and hearing the word of God so you can acquire faith. And a lot of times people say, oh, I pray, I fast, I do all this, but I can't change. I don't see how these things are changing my life. Child of God, we need a washing of the water of the word. Once this word is spoken to us, you receive it. You ponder on it. You take time to re-listen to the sermon over and over and over again. Did you know that when you listen to a sermon once and you listen to it twice, you listen to it three times, the way you heard it the very first time is not how you can hear it the fifth time. The things that sometimes we take for granted and you're listening to the sermon, but a thought pops into your mind and that part of that sermon is gone. You've not heard it. And so when you learn that the words that are spoken in the sermon are words from God, an instruction just like prophet Elijah spoke to this lady and just like I'm preaching today by the grace of God sent to speak to your life, to speak to you, dear listener, today, this week. You know for sure that if this is her speaking, God is speaking and I'm receiving this. And that is what this lady did. So dear listener, beloved, the words I'm speaking to you today are God breathed. They are sent just like what prophet Elijah did in this lady's life, in the widow's life. The same applies today. Be sure to hear the words that create a world of certainty. Listen to sermons. Read the word. And not only that, read books that are of Christianity. Not just anything. And this is the thing. Even if you're listening to sermons, but if you're listening to sermons that don't bring you closer to Jesus Christ, those are someone's actually also taking you into a pit, the pit of the Lord. But you need something to remind you of the goodness of Jesus every day. Something that brings you closer to the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. So you rejoice in him. Amen. So spend time listening. Spend time reading information that brings you closer to Jesus. Amen. Spend time to know Jesus, to love him more and to walk in his presence. Amen. The sort of information that we hear from the world causes fear. It causes doubt. It causes distractions. It causes confusion. It brings that state of uncertainty. 
And so today I pray that by the grace of God, we differentiate the two. What information to listen to, what information to perceive, what information not to listen to, what information not to perceive. Because at the end of the day, when you know this truth, child of God, it's going to make a very big difference. Because it is that wrong information that creates wrong thinking, that creates wrong believing, that also leads to wrong living. But the world today needs Jesus. And this is why we're preaching this gospel. This is why this gospel is preached. What we need today is the power of God in our lives. What today we need is to be reminded of what Jesus Christ did at the cross for us. What we need is to, for us to be reminded of the gift of righteousness. We are forgiven that anytime we come, we're praying through the high priest Jesus Christ. We're coming to face our great shepherd. We're coming to meet our captain of salvation. And that means a child of God, anytime, anytime you come in the presence of Jesus, you will know that everything that you ask for, the Lord will do it. And this is what we're supposed to believe. This is what we're supposed to think. This is what we're supposed to live on, to rejoice in Jesus, to know that this life that we live is not ours anymore. Galatians 2.20 reminds us of that. Amen. So as I end, for you, child of God, if you're asking, okay, you've said all these things, how do I be delivered evangelist from this uncertainty? Dear believer, the only way for you to be delivered is feed on the word of God. The word that is based on grace, the word that is based on the truth of Jesus Christ, the word that is going to speak eternal life to you, eternal salvation, eternal inheritance, the word of God, so that you can be immersed, consumed, so that all the time your subconsciousness and consciousness is about Jesus Christ. And that when he becomes bigger, the more you hear of him, Jesus Christ is going to be more known to you. The more he will be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. The more you will know that you're loved by God because when you see Jesus, you're seeing God. When you sense his spirit and sense his, his love for you, you're sensing the love of God. So the more you go through this, the more you're going to become certain of your future by the faith of God. Amen. So the more you become aware and conscious and meditated in him in and out, child of God, knowing of his grace and love for you, the more you'll be healed and delivered from all emotional instabilities. Psalm 107, 20 reminds us that he sent his word, he healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. So child of God, I pray that for you today, that anyone who is listening in today, if you have been in the pit of uncertainty, from today, your life changes. You are set apart. You are delivered. You're sanctified, purified in the blood of Jesus Christ. You're washed in the word of God and your life will never be the same again. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you that our lives are delivered from all the uncertainty of this world into the transformation of certainty in your word. We believe and know 
that Jesus Christ, you died on that cross for us and that we walk and live in the Holy Spirit who leads us daily, who changes our mindsets, our thinking, our believing, our living, who pours your great love in us and the rich mercies in us, who pours that great information that comes from you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, King of King. Thank you, Savior. And our lives will never, ever, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray and say, So, child of God, for those who have listened in today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I've heard of this Jesus Christ you're talking about and I want him. I want my life to be forever in certainty. I don't want to be in uncertainty, not knowing where my future is heading, where my next meal is coming from. But I want the Jesus you're talking about. And for those who are saying that, you know, I once was in church. I believe this, what you're saying. I received it, but I walked away. I want to tell both of you, the people that I'm talking to in both categories, that God loves you so much. He loves you. He sent his begotten son to die on that cross for you. And I pray that today, as you've taken this leap of faith, as you've taken this position, that he will be revealed to you. So say these words with me. Say, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, today I believe and confess with my mouth that I am saved by the grace of God, not through my works or effort. I am forever justified by faith through your grace. Jesus, you were delivered for all my past, present, and future sins. And you were raised for my justification. From today, I renounce my old man and nature because it was crucified with you at the cross. I now live and walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. I am born of Christ. I believe I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So child of God, I want to welcome each and every one of you to the greatest gift of salvation. You're now new creation. All things have passed away. You're new in Christ. Amen. You're now walking in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. Write to us. We want to hear from you. Send us an email. Tell us about your receiving salvation because this is a very big step in life. Write down this email. Salvation at a heart for a soul.org. Salvation at aheartforsoul.org. And for those who need prayer, again, I don't want to forget, anyone who needs prayer, send us your prayer requests, prayer at aheartforsoul.org. We would love to pray for you to stand with you in these times. Lord, we thank you for this great day that you've given us. Thank you for your words. I will receive them, partake them. And I want to pray for each and every one of you a blessing of Abraham on your lives. I pray everywhere that you go, may the blessing of Abraham follow you, be ahead of you, be upon you, now and forever. Thank you so much for listening in and talk to you next week.